You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 201 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Wibbly wobbly, poor <laughs> wibbly wobbly. I can't believe I can't believe we're on episode two hundred and one. Uh, it's crazy days. I was listening to the podcast this morning on the train to work. It was uh, it was all right, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, it was a good laugh. It was a very good laugh. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I hope by now um, you've all had a chance to listen to episode two hundred. A little bit different than what we normally put out on a weekly um, basis, but it was an awful lot of fun to record, and I hope you all really enjoyed listening to it um but we, we're gonna kind of return to service as normal this week with the return of the top three the news and, and all the regular good stuff um and we're also gonna Is be still singing we got a singing section all right <laughs> <laughs> we will do in a minute <laughs> <laughs> um so we're actually going to be doing a bit of catching up this week as well because um, it has it was a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't get a chance to to chat about it. So we're going to talk about the reveals from Nova. So there was quite a few tasty tidbits uh, in there that we, we really wanted to discuss uh, on the podcast. So we're going to do that as our main segment this week. Um, up for advanced pre-order at the moment, which is, feels weird saying. We don't think we've had any of these before. But up for advanced pre-order at the moment, we've got the brand new Middle Earth box. So Matt decided, um, it feels like weeks ago now, um, that this week's top three would be um, talking about our top three Middle Earth models. So that's going to be a little bit later on in the show. And we do have a few community top three picks as well. And then we've got all the news uh, and stuff as well. So plenty to get through. But um, let's chat about what we've been doing in the hobby um, just recently, first of all. Um, shall we start with you, Jay? What have you been up to in the hobby this last uh, week or so? Um, I can't tell you. <laughs> but I have been busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Started with someone good. Uh, I have to say, though, on the hobby front, um, I um, listened to Echoes of Eternity in pretty much a day. Um, and oh, so good. Um, I really, 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 really want to free up time in my painting schedule to get the Bold Angels Legion going for the Horus Heresy. I think next year, my because we do a new army new year all the time, don't we? My my new army next year is going to be a 40k Blood Angels army, Primaris, and a 30k Blood Angels army for the Horus Heresy, for sure. Uh, mm. I'm really feeling the Blood Angels. On top of that, I am also really feeling the Legio Custodes. Um, and um, I've got a Coronas Grav Tank, which I've had to put down because I'm painting something else at the moment. Uh, I want to get back to the Coronas Grav Tank because um, it's we'll probably Matt will talk about it in the news coming up. But we, we got a Warhammer Community article about an upcoming, um, is it Liber Imperium? Uh, it um, is, yeah, Liber yeah. Imperium. The, uh, the next sort of... Um, Codex or, or, or army book for the Horus Heresy series, which will include the uh, Legio Custodes, the Talents of the Emperor. Um, so I'm really, really excited for that as well. So yeah, so that's me. Excellent. Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, what, what have you been up to in the hobby? Um, wow, let me remember. Um, so I'll start off with what's on the painting desk. So I've been painting the Cronspine uh, Incarnate Algur, um, but I bought a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
which uh, unfortunately got delayed in the mail. Otherwise, I would have loved to have had it done last month for my hobby resolutions. I think you can just uh, summon them, can't you? Can't you? Only? You don't need to have them posted. There's a there's, oh no, you can't summon incarnates, can you? The part of your army to start with. This is the part where you get one of those bum bum. Um, yeah, so I've got the Spine Incarnate built and painted. Um, that's sat on my paint desk right now. I just need to do the basing on it. Uh, and then that's done, uh, which ticks off one of my hobby resolutions, which is to add 500 points to three existing projects. Um, so that's going to be added to my Ogres. Ogres! Um, I've also been building some Warcry because I was lucky enough to buy a ticket to the um, Warcry event on the 22nd of September up at Warhammer World, which bizarrely enough doesn't start until about six o'clock in the evening. It's kind of like one of these, um, um, we, we usually do like a Warhammer Underworld sort of event once a month on a weekday in the evening sort of time, usually on Fridays, I think it is in Bugman's or in the hall. And you can buy a ticket for like a fiver or whatever and just come down and play some games and stuff. And um, yeah, since the Heart of Gear box that came out, I've been really interested in playing some Warcry. So I thought, oh, well, I'm off that week. Um, might as well go down and get some stuff, um, you know, play some games sort of stuff. So, um, Amazingly enough, though, I'm actually taking some ogres, bizarrely enough, ogres, uh, to that. Um, but yeah, I built the Chaos Legionnaires, um, the Centurion Marshal, I think he's called, mm-hmm. which, um, yeah, he's a big, he is a big model. Like, I didn't realize how big he was. There's not a lot of parts on the sprue, but he is a big model. Um, and then I built the um, Chaos Sorcerer Lord model that we got from the Warhammer Plus subscription, um, which comes with the, like the Chaos Familiars and stuff. So I built that as well. Um, I've also been working on building some Middle Earth stuff because um, Games Workshop were kind enough to send us the um, Mordor Battle Host box. So I've been steadily building that because I'm doing like a um uh, tale of many gamers sort of thing um i'm calling it the build me an army worthy of dot 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 mordor in this case um where i basically start off with one of these battle host boxes and and build it into a full fledged army so i've been building those as well um i've still got the wild riders to do and about half of the mordor orcs but the rest of it's all built um and I think that's about it, really. I can't think of anything else. On the Lord of the Rings thing, Eddie, have you have you been watching the Rings of Power? I have been watching the Rings of Power, yeah. So far, so good. Yeah, oh, what do you think, it. guys? It's it, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, you've been watching it as well. Oh, yeah, nice. Like yeah, yeah, I've been watching. I, I maybe I maybe I need to catch up on the Siege of Terror, Jay. But I've been watching the Rings of Power. <laughs> yeah, priorities. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think oh, that's me. Elendil and Isildur, hashtag spoilers, in the uh, <laughs> latest episode. Yeah, the Rings of Power is really cool. And you've been building an awful lot, Andy. Um, good luck at the Warcry event. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I wanted to play some more Warcry since the Heart of Gear box set comes out, came out. But yeah, I haven't had the opportunity, so I figured, why not? Free games. I mean... It, it means I'm driving home from Nottingham at about 11 o'clock at night, but, you know, whatever. 
<laughs> the things we do for Warhammer, eh? The things we do. Aye, the things we do. Um, well, we'll come to me next. Um, for me, the hobby for the at least the past week has been uh, kind of heavily take heavily taken up by two things. One was editing episode 200, which took took longer than uh, any normal episode. There was quite a few clips involved, but I'm really happy with how that podcast turned out. Um, secondly, I've been painting something I can't talk about. So they've been what I've been really taking up my hobby time just recently. However, I have managed to have a game of Age of Sigmar uh, with the Skaven, my first ever game with the Skaven. Uh, I played against Chief Unicorn Craig uh, from the Purple Sparkle Unicorns, our local Warhammer gaming group, um, and his Daughters of Cain. And I was, uh, shall we say defeated is probably the nicest way of putting it um it was an interesting game it was fun to, to actually take the skaven out for 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 a ride i learned quite a few things about the army um so i have kind of tweaked what i want to take to the path to glory um so i have also been working on some storm vermin i've got um 10 pretty much finished they just need the bases doing which i'm planning on doing tomorrow uh, and then what else have I been doing in the hobby? I have um, got on my painting desk. Desk? I have got on my painting desk the uh, store anniversary Inquisitor. Uh, is it Erasmus Cartavolnus? I think his name is. Um, the really cool looking store anniversary Inquisitor anyway. He's ready to be um, painted because he's going to be not leading but he's going to be one of the main characters for my um crusade army which um is for a crusade comp- campaign that we're starting uh later on in the year so um he'll see some paint once i finish my little secret project so um yeah it's going to be a busy week this week of, of hobby i've got quite a few things um to get done and um, before the end of the week so um yeah should be should be really really cool i can't wait to play you guys with the skaven though well, we need we need a game soon, don't we? Uh, we do. We're working on some Path to Glory content as well, Dave. Well, what have you been up to in the hobby, Matt? Well, it's been a, it's been a busy few weeks for me. I've been furiously working away. Um, so Durg and Killfist, first of all, the uh, bounty hunter for Necromunda. He's cool. He's got a pneumatic kind of like fist for an arm, and he's got like a chainsaw for a hat. So um, that's 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 perfectly normal, isn't it? And you mm. absolutely would want to bump into him down a dark alleyway. So he was really fun to paint up, and I've got a bit of a, a bit of a hankering to paint some more Goliaths now after painting him, Dave. Yeah, they're really they're really fun to paint because they're quite chunky models as well. I think that always helps. Yeah, and and, and really easy to paint the flesh. Hit it with Bugman's, hit it with Reichland flesh shade. I want to say, uh, glazed it in the kind of like the lips and where the kind of readier bits would be with some blood letter and then highlighted up with their cadian flesh tones so really really nice to do and because they're quite big muscly dudes it's quite satisfying painting that um i've also painted up a world eater predator so again games which are very kindly sent us the new plastic dimos deimos i don't know how you pronounce it predator um it is beautiful so I, I think I started the hobby a little bit earlier than you guys, and and this style predator was the the, the, the predator. Oh, it was also the, the predator for us as well. When was we it? started with, third oh, edition, cool. it was still the predator. Yeah. 
Awesome, because they, they did replace it with a more chunkier plastic one, didn't they? But yeah. I had a soft spot for the for the domed uh, Predator turret. So yes, I've been painting that up in in World Eater colours. Uh, really happy with that as well. I I am gonna snap and paint an entire World Eater army soon. Uh, I just know it. I've got another do you three read echoes of eternity. Yeah, but I do. I really do. So so they'll be painted soon. I've also been painting the Gore Chosen of Drom that we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show, but they're really, really cool. Uh, I have started building some Marvel Crisis Protocol um, buildings. Um, I, I was playing some um, MCP with friend of the show, Angela, a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah... It's a cool game. And you know what makes it kind of really more immersive and kind of satisfying? Big, chunky, 35-millimeter scale buildings. Mm. So uh, I've been building a, a New York City apartment block. What's cool is that the, the tiles are, like, double-sided, so you can build it as a few different uh, buildings. So this is uh, Matt Murdock's uh, law office I'm building, which is really that's, cool. That's really cool. And Oh, you can just build it as a generic tile, like an apartment block, or you can build it as um, Josie's. And I've also got underneath my desk the Sanctum Sanctorum I need to build up as well. So really looking forward Ooh. to painting them. And finally, I've finally this this weekend uh, because my uh, my my review quota is quite light this week, so I've got a little bit of time to do my own hobby, which is a novelty at the minute because <laughs> there's been so much stuff coming out. I have started work on my Path to Glory Heroes. So a key kind of like element of the new uh, Path to Glory. Um, event the warhammer worlds is creating your characters using the anvil of apotheosis and essentially over the course of the weekend you'll have like three stages of your hero building up so um you razy my um my character i've had a few ideas kicking around in my head for a while now and i finally had a big pile of sprues and bits and green stuff and started you know crafting them into the shape so if anyone's seen the film ring uh and remember sadako crawling out of the well that that was kind of like burned into my head for the idea for my level one hero so it's only in the early stages first i've kind of mocked out the shape of the well using green stuff to make the bottom of it and then just bits of resin cut up into bricks to make the top level of it i'll go back in later and add some more individual like bricks and detail to the well itself but i just needed a a supporting structure to hold um the, the hero herself and then she's kind of like it, I, I used the uh, script of Mortis as the basis of it. It was some mild repositioning, and it, it looks really well. Um, once uh, There's a little bit more sculpting needed on her and some detailing to be added. Uh, a lot more work needed on the well to kind of sculpt that up. Add some detail on the base. I'm thinking like the lid of the well, maybe. Uh, and then once it's painted up, I'm going to pour some clear resin into the well as well. Oh, so nice. it's just yeah. coming out of the water. So That's that'll cool. be cool. And then I've also started on my, my level two version, which I don't think I've shown you guys yet, but it's used. So uh, the, my kind of lore is that Nagash imprisoned her in this well centuries ago and something stirred in the savage lands and it's caused her to come out of this well. And she's slowly like feeding on soul essence to grow bigger and more powerful. So in a kind of like mid state, there's a piece of old Japanese art of a, of a yurei, a kind of Japanese spirit, kind of stalking through a tree with long hair. So I've taken like a morgast, cut it up into like a million bits and starting to reposition it. I've given it like a long wispy tail and I'm going to sculpt some long hair onto it. And that thing's like stalking through the trees. 
So, uh, yeah, I'll share some pictures of that on Twitter once it's more formed. And then the final one I'm going to build in October once these two are done. But I've really enjoyed converting up some uh, some models for this. Uh, what I'd like to do at some point is like convert up an entire army for like an event at Warhammer World. Um, obviously, that's a big project. It took me like entirety of a day to get the like armature and basic shape of these down. Because the thing with green stuff is you don't want to try and do it all in one go. You kind of build up the basic shape, let that set. And then once you've got that armature, you can like kind of build on that and sculpt on top of it. So that might be what I do after the podcast for a little bit to get some more shape on those. But yeah, really, really enjoy doing it. And then, yeah, I need to paint like 2,000 points of uh, Nighthaunt in a month. That'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get it done, Matt, the, the rate you paint. I'm sure I'm, I have absolute every confidence uh, you'll have those nailed and they'll look fantastic. Cannot wait for that event. So that is the first segment of this week's podcast, episode 201 in the can. We have got the news coming up, so we'll be right back. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we've got a biggie up for pre-order, and I think Jay is going to be super excited about this one. Because the Leagues of Votan army set is up for pre-order. And it is a billy bargain. £120. Which I don't think that's a bad price at all. It looks like this contains two boxes of your standard like Votan troopers. A box of the bikes. An Iron Here champion. And Uthar the Destined. So that is a, that's a fair assortment of stuff. If you say they're kind of like sets of what? call them 30 quid each so 30 60 90 for the plastic boxes plus two heroes at like 20 odd quid each and you get the codex in there too yeah Um, that's the kicker in it the codex as well so so it seems it it definitely seems cheaper than the individual parts will be and i can see a lot of people picking this one up um jay i mean i take it you are gonna be uh refreshing the games workshop website at 10 a.m on saturday for this one <laughs> yeah oh yeah I, I love these army sets i mean when did it first, was it was it a lumineff one where the first one they did i believe so the, most black major templars. releases since then have had them black templars the orcs had one the orcs, obviously yeah. the chaos knights have had one so yeah it's it's it's, it's a popular format they, they kind of did them back in the day um not with the book in them but they had like an exclusive banner bearer in them back yeah in, like, the, oh of yeah. course yeah in the, in the world that was and they were good boxes too and i don't know why they didn't do them for a bit because it, it's i don't know there's, there's something nice about buy, buying a big box with all the kind of core bits in yeah you get you get i think you get the um uh data cards as well the stratagems and stuff um yeah and i see it's i think it's a pretty good start for an army isn't it two troops choices or um plus those new bikes and a couple of characters yeah, um, it's. I mean, it's, it's it's even one. It mentions in the article that the, the the name character can also be built as a generic car, and I think the the champion might have a couple of loadouts, perhaps. So it's certainly one that might be worth picking up a couple of boxes for and selling the codex or the bits that you don't want. Um, some of the boxes they've done, they've been like too niche to need two sets of them. We I mean, obviously we haven't seen the the individual prices of the kits, but uh, I know with the Chaos Knights, Andy, it certainly worked out cheaper to buy two of those boxes rather than the individual bits, even if you discounted the second codex. So uh, it looks like it's a similar situation here. So so that is really cool. We'll be talking in more detail about the Leagues of Otan later on in the show. However, in the 
under Hive, there is some really cool stuff that is on the way. And again, these will appear to you, Dave, the Goliath Maulers. Take a Goliath, put it on a big, meaty bike that will probably hurt if it drives into you. Yeah, these things look awesome. Uh, they really got me fired up to get the Goliaths um, out of storage and into Necromunda. Definitely think I'll be picking these up and, and using them in our next Necromunda campaign. Yeah, and they're not a bad price either. £28 for the two of them. So that's mm. that's pretty cool. Alongside this, we've got the Aranthian Succession Sindrak Burning, which is the first part in an ongoing saga telling the updated storyline of Necromunda following the opening of the Great Rift. So that is that is super exciting because Necromunda has already been set at a undetermined point and there's been, you know, no no seismic events. But obviously with the the um the Cicatrix Maledictum tearing a the galaxy asunder, I'm guessing bad stuff's uh, going down on Necromunda. Lord Helmore has had an assassination attempt on him and a civil war erupts with people trying to take power on Necromunda and shift the status quo. So, I mean, we've we've been playing through a Necromunda campaign. Being able to play through a year-long campaign that tells, like, this power struggle over the planet, I'm really, really looking forward to this one. I don't know about you guys. Very much so. Yeah, really looking forward to this campaign. It looks amazing. Yeah, I, 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 there may even be, like, things that we don't expect to happen in this, so... So that's pretty cool. If you play next month as well, there's five new sets of dice coming as well. We've got the Ash Waste Nomads, the Ironhead Squat Prospectors, the Goliath Ooh, nice. Ash Wastes, and the Orlock Ash Waste dice coming alongside the vehicle dice. So if you didn't pick up the um, the big Ash Waste box, you can get those vehicle dice separately. These are priced at £12.50 as well, which I don't think is a bad price, actually, considering some of the dice packs have been quite expensive recently, haven't they? Uh, and the 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 Ironhead uh, dice are quite nice, Jay. They've got like the kind of rune symbol of the squats on the um, six. Oh, nice! Yeah, I'll be picking them up. Uh, also, if you play Goliath, the Goliath cards are back again from uh, from the dead. I see a lot of these cards sold out super quickly, and I think with Necromunda kind of picking up in popularity and and big focus being on it. I think Games Workshop are reprinting some of these older cards, which is cool. And then finally, in pre-orders. Um, so the the Lord of the Rings uh, strategy battle game is 21 years old nearly. And to celebrate it, just like Bilbo is celebrating his 111th birthday, we've uh, got old Bilbo Baggins on made-to-order basis. Now, I've got this model, but I painted it like 21 years ago. So I might pick up a new one of these to paint up. I might even, I've got the, um, you know, the Hobbit Hall scenery set that they did. I might even do a little diorama with Bilbo Baggins on his um, kind of front drive. That'd be really cool. I think that'd be fun. So I might do that. So I don't know how much he is, uh, but he's made to order. So if you do want him, uh, you've got until the 2nd of October to order him. So that's pretty cool. Now, Jay, you alluded to the fact that you had read Echoes of Eternity in like a day. And it's (laughs) super cool. And I need to catch up. Uh, Wow. The, The Heresy hype train has no breaks because Warhammer community have announced the final Siege of Terror book, kinda. Um, the end of Peter the Jackson. Death, yeah, the end of the death, volume one, which suggests that it's not the last book and it's just the first part of the last book. But that's fine. I, I like the Siege of Terror. Um, we don't know how many volumes the final book is. Um, I'm guessing two or three. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's written by Dan Abnett, who, as we know, wrote the first book in the Horus Heresy series. So I suspect this is a two-parter with Dan doing volume one and two, and it was just too big to put in one book, so they've split it. They've done a um, Deathly Hallows part one and two. Um, yeah, and then I, what are we going to do then, Jay, when the story ends? <laughs> well, I'll go into mourning for uh, Sanguinius. For uh, well, I assume I'll go into mourning. We don't know. We don't know we what don't will happen. Know. Although I have a good feeling what will happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a good series. I think I'll probably start them again. To be fair, the whole Horus Heresy series or just the Siege the, of Terror? Well, there are some Horus Heresy books I've not read, so I sort of I, I, I started reading them all to start with, but then there's quite a lot of them. Then I try to just pick the ones which um, sort of on the critical path so to speak um yeah. so there's a lot of sort of filler and really what sort of made me think actually i probably made a mistake here is the the novellas so fury of magnus was absolutely fantastic yeah. and really the stuff that happens in that which sort of feeds into echoes of eternity and if i hadn't read that i'd have been missing a few of these sort of undertones in echoes of eternity and i'm wondering now how many other sort of what else have i missed so i think i probably will go back and start the whole series again. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole, the whole Horus Heresy series has been so well constructed. And they've obviously had, you know, a plan with all these various storylines that are threading back together in the Siege mm. of Terror. Going back and reading stuff, you might pick up on stuff that goes, oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've read Saturnine now three times. I've read Warhawk three times. And you do, as you read them again, you do sort of think, because you know what's... Ah, I see, right? Yeah, there are moments like that. So I think it, they do benefit from multiple reads. And it's such a good story. And I think at the moment this year, it's been all about the horror series. And I'm I'm still feeling quite sort of hyped and excited about the Age of Darkness box that we got and the games of Horus yeah. Heresy and the tournament we went to and the tournament we're going to in November. So I'm still well, very much feeling it at the moment. Well, it's like, I mean, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a four Sons of Horus Army and I've got an Empress Children Army. And obviously, I've been, for, for the review stuff that we've been sent recently, I've been painting them as world eaters because, spoilers, it's a pretty quick scheme if you've not got long to paint it for a review. Um, but I've, uh, yeah, I absolutely want to do a world eater force because, I don't know, I, th- I feel like I'm slowly working through all the traitor legios. I need to um, maybe paint some loyalists for balance. Uh, paint some loyal to... world eaters. Oh, loyal world eaters. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, the heresy hype. I imagine we'll read this book and want to start another half a dozen Horus Heresy armies. No, just... what you'll do, Matt, what you'll do is you'll read Warhawk and want to build and paint a White Scars army again. Oh, I already do, Jay. I already do. I'm just holding fire on, on plastic jet bikes because I want a lot of jet bikes in my army. Um. So, yeah. So that's really exciting. What's also really exciting is, guys, do you remember this time last year, a, a new Warhammer Quest game came out curse city and then it disappeared into the ether well good news curse city is coming back and along with it night wars the first expansion pack for curse city this picks up where the narrative of curse city left off and introduces new uh, monsters a trio of new vampires and and loads of new abilities and there's also rumors that radicar has taken a new form as well so this is this is an interesting one and um, the box seems to contain just card and paper components and doesn't actually contain the miniatures now i wonder if in a parallel world this was meant to come out like shortly after the first curse city 
but obviously the um the soul black grave lords release came out and 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 those models became part of that instead yeah it's it's a weird one i'm interested to see the price point of this one and if they do some kind of bundle on those miniatures um i think the logic probably is that a lot of people already own those miniatures if they're collecting soul black grave lords yeah or at uh, least somebody in their gaming group has got them potentially yeah and if you think how long uh, you know killing one boss in curse city takes it isn't a five minute job is it it's multiple games of curse city so you don't necessarily need to buy this all in one go as well you know you could be facing off against lady annika the thirsting blade and pick up her miniature first while you play through that arc and then once you've killed her you then buy the next vampire and paint them up so yeah interested in this one i want to see more um i'm excited to get back into curse city we had some great fun playing it so we absolutely need to get the band back together and go and hunt some more vampires don't we absolutely so yeah over in the 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 horus heresy however um we we saw a bit of a surprising reveal that i don't think any of us were expecting um we we know that the 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 assassin temples the Edessar, the Calidus, the Caluxus, and the Vindicare assassins from, from Warhammer 40,000. But did you know there's eight different assassin temples at the time of the Horus Heresy? And one of them is the Info site. So um, these use information as their weapon, and they can look into the new sphere and uh, twist transmissions to their own ends. Basically, a, um, a, a 30k hacker. Um, they, they can kind of do kind of data breaches on the Mechanicum Automata, all sorts of cool stuff. <laughs> and there, there's a new model come in to represent them. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're a fan of Assassins as well, um, Dave. What, what do you Ooh. think of this lady? I really like her. Um, she's definitely getting added to my... I've been slowly building the execution force, and yeah, she's going to be jumping the queue, I think. Uh, she's a very nice model. So, and, and obviously this this is a a Horus Heresy model, but where do you get the rules for this model? I hear you ask. Well, Libra Imperium is the next uh, Libra volume coming out for Horus Heresy. Um, when did the last one come out? Was it August? So August, September, October, November, October or November-ish, I think this will come out. Uh, and this mm. contains, I thought, first of all, this would be the Solar Exilia book, but it is so much more than that. This book contains the rules for the Legio Custodes, the Sisters of Silence, the Solo Exilia, and the Divisio Assassinorium. That is a big, beefy book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think all of us here probably want to pick up this <coughs> book, because let's face it, my loyalist army for uh, heresy is probably going to be the Solo Exilia, especially if they get plastic kits as well. And I've got the Sisters of Silence Force as well. I'd like to add some assassins to my Dark Angels. Yeah, and, and Jay, you've got the might of the Legio Custodes. So um, I, I think this is another good plan. Like with the, the two volumes for the Loyalists and the Traitors, this is a big book that multiple players will pick up to start their faction of choice. But then you get the bleed in from another faction, don't you? So, oh, well, I could always add an allied faction of Custodes to my uh, sort of auxiliary army. And then that inevitably turns into a Custodes army, doesn't it? <laughs> i think this um, one's interesting because um I, I do like the way they're doing this how you know there were a lot of horror heresy books was there like nine horror heresy books i want to say nine infernal was that last one the big black books uh, and then I you think, had the army we list got to 10 we got to 10 then the army list so there, was, there was an awful lot of expensive books wasn't there 
Yeah, I quite like the idea that the entire game is, you know, all the rules for all of the units being compressed into these like big volumes that you can buy. So you probably need like four or so of them on your shelf now. Um, yeah, yeah I really and, like and, 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 but in this book's out, that's like I don't know, eighty percent of the armies for the game released then in six months. Yeah, certainly not the the release schedule we see for the other mainline systems, which is really cool. After this one, we've got demons and we've got the traitor versions of the the Lost and the Damned and the Slaves to Darkness. So I wonder if we get a combined book with the demons and the traitor kind of mm. human forces maybe that had kind of that's kind of the mirror to this book isn't it Lieber Warmaster or something yeah um so that'd be really cool obviously I've got a big demon army I've got Cabanda um we haven't got a, a, a release date for that book yet. yeah get some paint on Cabanda Matt I think that's a good idea yeah, I think I think if I can get my demons painted up ready for this book to drop, then uh, I think we need to do custodians versus demons or blood angels versus demons. Uh, yeah, we can, do, we can do we can do blood angels versus demons next year once I've got my blood angels army painted up. That sounds good. That sounds good. So yeah, I'll be picking this one up. I suspect you'll be picking this one up, Jay, as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, for, and like you said, the assassins. Um, any um, loyalist force can take an assassin as a non-compulsory HQ choice in their army too. So all your existing assassins that you've already got, um, Dave, you can slot into your Dark Angels, which is really cool. What do you think so, the other four... Te- well, you know what one of the four temples is going to be, this um, this sort of info war assassin. What do you think the other three temples are going to be then? Because you've, got got... Like the, you've got like the, the, the sniper, you've got the anti-witch, you've got the shape-shifting infiltrator, you've now got the sort of... Info one, you've got the Eversu, which is like your anti-horde, brutal sort of. Yeah, I will, maybe maybe like a poison specialist. Poison specialist could be good, yeah. I was um, thinking maybe some sort of um, anti-demon one, but I don't know whether that's... That's a good call. That's a very good call, actually. That could be a secret temple that specialises in facing the Neverborn. Neverborn. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, other than that, I, I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're running out of like archetypes for assassins, aren't we? We've maybe got the... an anti-primarch. Well, there is precedent for that with the um the what's the blade called the anathathamine. It's got two oh, yeah, T's yeah. and H's in it. <laughs> but yeah, or, or I was thinking, so I think we were chatting about this previously. What if they were trained by the um, or what are they called on on Solar the 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 oh um, the um, Selenar the, uh, the Selenar the yeah Luna, yeah. What about an assassin that specialised in eliminating um space marines? Yeah. So we'll see all sorts of cool stuff though, uh, and I'm looking forward to reading this one because uh, I think it's going to be really, really cool. Going back to the under underhive though, um, obviously we see that there's a load of cool stuff coming in the new supplement book, and it looks like one of them is um, Athera, the, uh, the the bodyguard of the matriarch of House Escher. So she is basically like the personal bodyguard of the the top lady of the Escher gang and I guess all these heads of the various houses are probably battling for supremacy of Necromunda right now um, and she's really cool she's got like a, a kind of like um, really nice looking relic plasma pistol a big brutal looking chain axe high heels because when you're killing stuff in the underhive you gotta do it with some style and then the grumpiest looking little familiar I've ever seen in my life sticks Apparently he can sense ill fortune, and uh, they're, they're very valued by the Escher. Is that because he's about to inflict it on someone? <laughs> Probably, yeah. He he does not look happy, and <laughs> yeah, he he's not a happy little cherub, is he? 
we have also got a new star player for Blood Bowl uh, with the hilariously named Glottal Stop. <laughs> Get it? Um, he is a, uh, a Croxigore star player um, who's coming out alongside the uh, the Lustrian stuff. Um, so, yeah, presumably you'll be able to use him with the uh, Amazons. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess you can probably use him with the, the Lizardmen as well. Uh, he looks really, really cool. I, I mean, we've said this a lot. The old Lizardmen models are getting a bit dated and the stuff they put out currently just looks amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, they really just need to redo the Seraphon, don't they? I, uh, no, I really, really like this guy and I need to paint him up. Uh, but that's not it, guys. Um, we had a bit of a reveal on Warhammer Community today. Um, Magic the Gathering, Universes Beyond, Warhammer 40,000, which is the biggest mouthful in the world. But essentially, it's a new commander, a set of four commander decks for Magic the Gathering. So commanders are format where essentially it's it's kind of like pre-built decks. There's no um, booster cards or anything. There's basically 400 cards split between four different decks. Um, all led by a different hero of their faction. So you've got Inquisitor Greyfax, Abaddon the Despoiler, the Swarm Lord, and Serizak the Silent King. And they come out on the 7th of October, which is really, really exciting. And Warhammer Community shared some of the other cards that are coming in that range as well. So Marnius, Calgore, Bellacor, who's got a, a really cool ability. When you play him, you draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the number of demons on the battlefield. So you could inadvertently kill yourself when you play Bellacore. However, once he's down, whenever you play a demon, it deals damage equal to its power to any target, which is really, really strong. Yeah, um, they should emitate the Swarm Lord and Magos Lucia Kane, who is a gene stealer cult's uh, Magos. Um, yeah, we, we need to play this, guys. For sure. Been a while since I played some Magic. It's been yeah. ages since I played Magic. Um, I, re- I used to really enjoy playing it. Andy, have you ever dabbled in Magic? Yeah, I, I used to have, like, a games night, um, oh, God, like, eight years ago or so. We used to have, like, a regular games night on a Tuesday night playing Magic the Gathering. Um, and we used to have, like, four-player games where we played against each other and in hindsight, I think we would have been better sort of like one on one. But yeah, looking at these commander decks, I mean the uh, the chaos one. Oh yes, yeah, I'm gonna be picking that one up. The chaos one. Well, what's everyone, what's everyone four commanders, four sprues and brews, people. Well, this so, is yeah. it. This is it. What 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 would you go for, guys? Well, I'm not taking any chaos decks, so you can sort <laughs> of that's straight away. I'm putting, but I'll, I'll take any of the others. I'm I'm the same. I'm the same as Jay, really. Not really feeling the chaos, but um, Nids, Necrons, and Imperial. Yeah, any of those are cool for me. Well, I'm sure I'm sure we can sort that out and uh, pick up a deck each. And then uh, if we did that, we could perhaps do some uh, unboxing content and some battles as well, maybe. I think that'd be cool. So, yeah, watch watch this space. And then finally in the news, I did say it was a bumper news section. Um, the Warhammer community again shared today that Kill Team Command roster has been um, overhauled on Warhammer Community. This is a tool that lets you build your rosters for Kill Team. Uh, it also records all your campaign progress as well. So if you play the, um, the I forget what it's called now, 
I've gone blank. But the the Crusade equivalent in Kill Team. Uh, spec, spec Ops. Ops spec Ops, yeah. yeah. Um, all your progress can be recorded on Warhammer Community. So that's really cool. So I, I, um, I was playing around with this today, um, and I really like it. And I, I, it really made me wish they'd hurry up and put the Crusade stuff on their app. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but, you know, Kill Team... We've got Into the Dark, which is just amazing. You've you've seen that in person, haven't you, Dave? And you're like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> I I can't wait to get that scenery myself. It's amazing. So yeah, we need to get on a kill team spec ops campaign. I think that'd be really fun. And that's all the news. There was a there was a, a bit this week, wasn't there? Quite a bit, quite a bit. But believe it or not, not, that's not really all the news because in our next segment, we're going to go back a few weeks and we're going to delve into the Nova preview. So we'll be right back. So back on the 1st of September, there was another Warhammer online preview Live from the Nova, well, not live from the Nova Open, but tying in with the Nova Open over in the States. And as promised by Warcom, there were quite a few reveals across the many different universes of Warhammer. So uh, whilst this is slightly old news, there was quite a lot of really cool stuff that we wanted to talk about. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're, we're revisiting it now. Uh, Matt, as always, would you like to take us through the uh, reveals? Yeah, so so the biggie was was the leagues of Votan. We've already talked about the uh, the Votan army set, which looks really really cool. But that wasn't everything that we saw during the the preview seminar. There are some really really massive reveals that we saw showed off. Uh, I think we go in with the biggest of them, the Hecatron Land Fortress. So obviously a big part of the um the the squat range back in Epic 40k was the big like land trains that they had. Um, we, we we thought that they'd get something like this, um, but we weren't sure kind of what form it had taken. The whole Leagues of Otan has been kind of like squats through a, a, a more serious and different lens, hasn't it? So that kind of gives us the, the, the land fortress, which is essentially the same thing. It's a massive, big, rugged vehicle with a big gun strapped on the top of it, but a completely different aesthetic. Um, Jay, what do you think of this thing? Um, it's massive, isn't it? It is big. If you it see it pink. in the pictures next to like the regular Hurfkin Warriors and things, it's huge. Um, it's definitely unique looking as well. You know, there's nothing else in Warhammer. There's no Imperial vehicles, I don't think, that look anything like this, which is nice. Um, yeah, I, I, really I do like, like it. Kind of like segmented armor on its back. It looks like it did like withstand like blasts and stuff from a real world like technology point of view. It, it yeah. looks like a turtle shell. Yes, the like yeah the like armor plates. Yeah, it does. There has been some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle memes with this one, I've got to admit. <laughs> it was really cool. I really like the um, the cockpit. It's got a, a clear kind of like canopy and the driver has got a little AI buddy acting as a co-pilot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's possibly the coolest thing ever. And this, oh, thing is abso- yeah. this thing is absolutely loaded with guns. It has. I'm interested to see what those uh, those guns can do. Uh, and interestingly, it's a heavy support tank, but it can also carry 12 models as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, I guess, the Spartan of the squat world, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Big guns and transport capacity. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing one of these in the flesh. Obviously, this isn't coming with the um, the army box, but 
yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think this main kind of release will be too far after that big launch box, will it? No. No, it's typically what, like a month afterwards? Most yeah. of the time. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? For stuff like the um, the Chaos Knights, it was like a couple of weeks after. So we'll see. Um, they also showed off Uther of the Destined. You can also build a generic Carl. Um, we talked about him briefly in the um, the army set, but this is a really nice looking model, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's cool. So it, it, you've got this guy. There's a couple of characters you're going to come onto him, but he's like, I guess your space marine captain or you know imperial guard commander um and it's really cool that you've got him and like he's dual build in the box in the in the army set i think that's really cool special character and like a regular hq option um yeah i proper get vibes of like dwarf lord from this guy yeah and you know what i wonder if Obviously, we talked about multiples of the army set, and having a, a named character in there could dissuade people from getting multiples. So if you can build them in a different way, that's uh, that's pretty cool as well. Uh, we also saw the the Iron here champion. Um, he looks cool. He's got big fists and a thunder hammer or an axe by the look of things. Um, but I think we need to talk about the Brock here Iron Master. Hmm. He's like a squat in a coat with a massive like graviton gun, I think, and a big hammer, and a little party of robots, possibly the <laughs> cutest robots ever, including one carrying all his tools very neatly in his um, pinny. See, the, the Imperium used their servitors, and the uh, the Leagues of Votan used their cute little helpful robot friends. Who are definitely not going to go mental and murder everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I think they mentioned in previous shows that they... Uh, fully embrace ai and see these guys as equals which is definitely not going to lead to conflict with the adeptus mechanicus isn't it <laughs> i'm sure Absolutely not. Uh, as cool as these guys are though i think my favorite model from the um the preview is the grimnir who looks like a like a what are they called runesmith that the rune dwarves priest. used to have the rune priest yeah. Um, a runesmith as well, I think. I think they are runesmiths actually. Runesmiths okay. and rune lords, aren't they? Yeah. I, I, my dwarf knowledge is more than the. No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and yeah, so so it's really cool. Like proper, he, he looks like a 40k wizard, doesn't it? With a kind of cape over it, and there's also an alternate female build of this model too. Uh, and again, little robots with guns, lots of kind of like, um, I guess like Nordic vibes to them. That is just Absolutely. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of my favourite kit. I think the Iron King slightly, uh, not the Iron King, the Iron Master slightly pipped it for me as my favourite model, um, but this was a close second. Yeah, but this is this for me is the the model. But if I got into Leagues of Otan, this would be the first one that I I bought, and it's definitely one because of the alternate option of being able to build it with like a female head and stuff. I think I definitely want two of these at least. Well, I think I like they've done Venice. quite well with the Leagues of Otan. You mentioned a female head there. The, the, across the range, the Hearthkin warriors, the different troops, the pioneers, there's lots of male, female, uh, even the characters, you know. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it I is, mean, yeah. if World Eaters weren't on the horizon, then I'd be very tempted by Leagues. 
you know what I've I, I I've said I look at the price list and stuff prior to recording the podcast. When I saw it was 120 quid, I thought that is a really good price. But uh, equally, I'm in a similar position. There's like Astra Militarum coming. There's Slaves of Darkness coming. I'd like to finish off my Chaos Space Marines. Um, but the, this model it, it straddles fantasy and sci-fi for me. It's yeah. it's just cool. It's like just um, cool. I mean, I'm going Dave. Like like Andy and Matt have just said, um, they, I'm very tempted by the leaks myself, but for some reason they're actually having a bit of a reverse effect and making me really excited for the guard. I don't know why. I've always fancied a guard army, um, but yeah, these look amazing. Well, well, I, I think Dave, I, I, there was a, an article I think with um, was it with um, Jess Goodwin and Andy, you'll know Matt, someone else who worked on the model range for. Yes, and the sort of design of the, the article open at the minute, but I know the one you're on about. Yeah, and they were talking then about how they've basically, you know, taken squats of old and created like a new faction, but a fully fleshed out faction with with a, a really, you know, the fit them into the sort of backstory of the 40k setting. Um, they've done a good job of that, I think. Uh, they've worked hard at that, and um, they mentioned there's like a sneak. There's more to come. And I think, I mean, if you look at what we've seen, we've seen all of the range now that's been released with the Codex later this year, I guess. Um, and whereas it's quite a nice range, there's quite a lot of units there. I, I do feel there are gaps. There's only one troops choice, your Hurfkin Warriors. Um, and, okay, you've got Berserkers and you've got the um, the heavy weapons guys and the, and the Terminator-looking ones. But I can certainly see uh, a, a, a more to come down the line. So perhaps if you don't jump into the Leagues of Otan on day one, you can come mm. back around when they, they're inevitably going to get revisited and additional units are potentially going to be added to the range um, yeah. in the future. Yeah, I mean, all all of these these full range reboots, Sisters of um, uh, Battle, the um, the, the Lumineth, the Gene Stealer Cults, we've seen a second kind of wave of models relatively soon after haven't we um because as much cool stuff as there is shown off here i I imagine there's lots more cool ideas they could add to it and uh yeah i think a lot of people might be playing squats in the near future um and you know what we've not even we've covered all the models that shown off they also showed the uh the mole launcher now my my death core creek got mole launches so they're not that old school <laughs> but um yeah basically it's it fires a shell underground that then explodes up by an enemy unit it's like a reverse mortar mm. um and it, again this is cool again little robot just merrily wandering along with all the kind of like charges on his belt it's really yeah. cool. it like this is a this is an option for the berserks that we saw earlier so you've got a nice mix of close combat and dude with a mole launcher as well. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to see it took me a while to figure out what this model actually was. But he's like he's carrying like one of the berserk sort of double handed axes, isn't he? And he's hanging the sort of grenades and things or the the, the, the whatever munitions the mole launcher uses over that. Really, really cool. Yeah, it is cool. So and then obviously they showed off the, the Leeds of Oton Army set, which hopefully we'll be covering in the near future. Uh, and then finally at the end of that section, they gave us a little peek into the um, the Codex roadmap for 2223. So um, they obviously they used to be very tight-lipped about what's coming next, and I think at this point all we'd know is leagues of Otan are coming next, and I think they've tried to 
to lift the veil a little bit so we can see a little further into the future. Now, this is 2223. Um, it shows Astra Militarum come in and it shows the World Eaters come in. So and we've got a little bit more on the World Eaters at the end of this segment. But um, you mentioned the Astra Militarum, Dave. You you resisted for about a day after I said, why don't you do Acadian Army? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, that I'm excited to see. I think that'll be the next like reveal after the Leaguers of Otan. And it wouldn't surprise me if they tie into a kill team box as well, because we've seen some of the models in their raid, the Karskin, um, on kill team bases. So could they be in the next kill team box? Maybe. Cajuns versus World Eaters, maybe. Uh, could be, could be, yeah, because obviously the um, the Warhammer TV Terminator is also on a kill team base as well. So we'll see. Um, there's lots of cool things they could have within the the Gallo Dark though. I'd like to see some weird gribbly alien stuff that maybe doesn't necessarily have 40k rules, just a cool unit for kill team of weird stuff on board the Gallo Dark. This would be pretty cool. Now, that's, I mean, that's just scratching the surface of Nova, though. We also saw the Gore Chosen of Drum. So this will be a little bit old news because um, the kits are probably not out by the time that you're listening to this, but not far off. Um, I've actually done a full write-up for these guys over on Warhammer Community in a video. This is the new Corn Warband for Warhammer Underworlds, and it's really, really cool. You've got three characters. It's like a unit of characters uh, rather than the previous Corn uh kind of warbands have been like a character and his minions haven't they yeah so you've got drom who's a priest he looks amazing you've got the gore hulk is a guy who used to be a slaughter priest and is now turned into a corgraph mm-hmm. or is slowly turning into a corgraph um which can't be very good for your health uh, and then finally you've got the uh the dad bod slaughter priest with his big flaming hammer um <laughs> Really, really nice models. From a gameplay point of view, they're a, they're a strange one. They've got a high health pool, so they can take a bit of a battering, but they only roll a single defense dice each. So they're probably going to get hit. However, you want them to get hit because they have this blood tithe mechanic. Every time they deal damage or get dealt damage, they get these blood tithe points. When they get three of them, they can inspire, and then they can spend that blood tithe to do different abilities as well. So these are going to be a really cool, really aggressive uh, warband. So if you like no nonsense, just charge your guys forwards and smash things in the face, then uh, yeah, these are the guys for you. We need to play some Warhammer Underworlds. I played, um, Nick Baton did a, did a one-day tournament on the bank holiday, and I had a whale of a time playing with the uh, the Witch Hunter warband. Um, out of the rec- uh, Andy, you've painted a couple of the recent warbands as well, haven't you? Yeah, I painted the Exile Dead and my personal favourite, Black Powder's Buccaneers. So, so Jay and Dave, you need to jump on board with some of the recent Underworld Warbands and, and get playing. Absolutely. So so they're really cool. Um, now, Andy, you know, it's, I think it's safe to say that you're a fan of Ogres, aren't you? Ogres! <laughs> and we saw a brand new Ogre revealed at Nova. The Blood Pelt Hunter. Uh, do you want to tell us about this guy, Andy? Yeah, so this guy is basically, like he says, he's he's a hunter who specialises in killing sort of the biggest and baddest monsters in the mortal realms. And from the looks of things, he likes to take 
trophies, which is a bit bizarre for ogres because ogres usually just eat whatever they kill. Um, but this guy definitely has a couple of trophies strapped around his body of various different beasts that he's killed. He's also got a giant crossbow as well, which again is is very thematic for a hunter. Now, I sort of looked at this and I, I just thought, imagine what they could do if this model gets sort of like replicated for the rest of the ogre range. Like imagine a glutton that, that's got sort of like this sort of physique and this look to it. It'd be absolutely jaw-dropping amazing. Don't get me wrong, love him. Absolutely love him. The head bit, I sort of looked at and thought maybe there's too much going on there with all the straps and stuff that is covering up his face a bit too much. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I absolutely love this model. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, presumably this is a plastic model as well. That's I, oh, Sadly, I think this is going to be the only model coming out for the Ogres, which is a shame because, like you say, I think some of those older kits could have done with a bit of a refresh. But uh, yeah, I'm certainly not complaining now. This is coming alongside a new Ogre Moor Tribes battle tome, which is super exciting. That is coming out in the autumn. Uh, we've got the Disciples of Zinch and the Luminous Realm Lords coming out in the summer. And there's not much of summer left, so they can't be too far off. Um, so yeah, the ogre. They, they talked a little bit about the uh, the ogre book today. So I don't know if you've had a look at the article today, Andy. I very vaguely sort of glimpsed over it, um, but I didn't actually read the article. I looked at the the contents page um, and saw that the new hunter does not replace the ice brow hunter. I think it's called. Um, but apart from that, I, I didn't really notice anything. I did notice that man eaters are still in the book. Yeah, no, I was worried about man eaters uh, maybe getting removed as well. Yeah, which so, is such a shame because they're, uh, they're very sort of individual and very characterful as well. So getting rid of them is, is a bit of a shame. But, uh, but I believe they've taken the, the actual miniatures off the Games Workshop website, which is very strange if you're going to keep them in the battle tome. So, yeah, I mean, you never know. We might get a surprise plastic kit. I'd have thought they'd have shown it off here if we were. Equally... They could just be reboxed and maybe put them three to a box or something like that. Yeah, it is possible. It's easier yeah. to do a unit of them. Um, but no, the, 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 I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this book. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Path to Glory stuff as well. It looks like big names and the more path and all that sits within the Path to Glory section. So that'd be, that, that, kind of, that kind of fits thematically if you kind of, your, your ogres earn names. As they go about their escapades, you know, kill a giant, your 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 tyrant's now called Giant Slayer, for example. Yeah. Or fail a charge and get called Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that, which is more likely. So so this is coming out in the autumn, which is imminent. So uh, with with Warcom sharing off the the contents page and stuff as well, again, this one isn't going to be far away. Um. So hopefully within the next month or so, maybe you might have your ogre book in your hands, uh, Andy. Did someone say, ogres? No, you're a fan of ogres, but you're also a fan of Mega Gargants. And the Sons of Bayamat are also getting a new battle tome in the autumn. It seems that these battle tomes are coming out 
a rate of knots. And um, yeah, brand new battle tome with a brand new model. King Brod, the king of the Mega Gargants, who looks glorious. It looks like we've speculated in the past that when they did new Mega Gargants, they would do the Imperial Knight approach and take the core kit and add an extra sprue that adds more options. We kind of thought they might be like generic heroes, but no, they've gone for a named character, King Brod. He's got little kind of um, weird cobbled things called creepers kind of crawling all over him. And that's something I'd kind of like to see brought out as like a unit for the Mega Gargan, something akin to Noblars that they can use as like screens and harassing units. Uh, at the minute, they're just sculpted on him, though. He's also got the biggest Warhammer in Warhammer. So that's <laughs> something. Um, he, this guy apparently stands a little bit taller than the standard Mega Gargan, too. So he looks more like imposing on the battlefield. What I really like to kind of show off the scale of him is that he is wearing the crowns of kings as rings, which rhymes. Uh... But hey, we'll go with it. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he looks he looks amazing. I I really enjoy painting up the Mega Gargants and I can't wait to paint up this guy, too. I quite like the Mega Gargant range. And um, if I do ever tread that path, I think I want to be adding this guy. It's just amazing. I love the detail on his face. I love his hammer. I love his rings. I love like his wooden sort of arm guards. I think I love everything about this model. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to be picking him up. But as soon as he goes up for pre-order, it's going to be an add to cart sort of situation for him. <laughs> yeah, what's nice about this one as well, Andy, obviously currently you can build an army of just Mega Gargans, but you'd have to duplicate some of them. We're mm. now with him, in theory, I suspect, you'll be able to take a 2,000-point army with four different Mega Gargants in it, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, that's how I've sort of built mine. I've got one of each of the Megas and then three individual. Or uh, I've been running it recently as a big unit of three Man Crushers. But, yeah, the, the Man Crushers, I'm just not feeling them, really. So, yeah, having a fourth Mega Gargant, I can just pick him up, build him, paint him, and... and boom you know brand new army effectively i mean um at first i was a bit surprised when the sons got announced as the second destruction book i thought it was going to be gits but then having played the giants for the last sort of like eight months or so they they need uh, they they need the update uh, in all honesty you know they're, they're kind of one of those armies that at the minute you sit on an objective you outnumber your opponent and one of two things happen your opponent either kills you at which point they take the objective off you or they don't kill you at which point you outscore them and you win the game so i i feel like the the giants they need that update and when i sort of thought about it a bit more i was kind of happy if i'm being honest that they are getting an update so soon yeah absolutely it's one of the good things they've done with this edition is I think they've been pretty obviously I think they wanted to get them out quicker but they've been pretty quick at getting the battle terms out and just updating things to fit third edition um I think in the perfect world a lot of these books would have already been out by now and obviously they've been affected with global events haven't they so sadly things have taken a little bit longer to release than they they hoped but um yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the mega gargants on the battlefield again which should be really fun now Two battle tomes is cool, but what about a third battle tome, guys? Uh, obviously, we, the, the slaves to darkness were leaked. We know they're coming out this winter. 
Um, we'd seen some blurry pictures that weren't very good. We, we knew that the battle turn was coming. What we didn't know, however, was that a launch set's coming, much akin to the akin to the uh, the leagues of OTAN box that is on pre-order this coming weekend. Uh, there's going to be one for the Slaves of Darkness, and it looks like a frankly ridiculously amazing box. You know that awesome, cool demon prince that we saw a while ago who looks massive and amazing and really cool? He's in this launch box. Do you remember those really cool um, uh, ogroids? They're in here too, along with 10 Chaos Chosen, who just look so good. I don't think there's a bad model in this box. And um, if there's some way of taking Chosen as battle line, which I suspect there must be because they're ace, um, two of these boxes and then build the second demon prince as a 40k demon prince that sounds like a good plan to me it most certainly does because it is the full multi-part demon prince i'm actually a little bit gutted it's going to be locked behind this launch box for a little bit of time because i really can't wait to get my hands on one for one of my chaos armies um perhaps i get this box anyway i don't know but um it's it's I mean, a great looking box realistically we're probably talking December in this box, January the separate kit out. Yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be months and months behind. It'll be like a month tops probably. Uh, but this will be the first place to get it. And like with the Leagues of Otan box, you get a discount with everything in the box. Um, I mean, if this is a similar price point, that seems really good for £120 because that Demon Prince can't be a cheap one, can it? No. Um, I, it's hard to gauge how big he is. I don't think he's as big as Bellacor, but Bellacor's what, a 60 quid kit? But it's got a massive base as well. Yeah, so even if it's like 30, 40 quid, that's still a good chunk of this box. Uh, and it obviously contains the full uh, battle tome as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this because I'm a big fan of Chaos. Warcom also showed off another model that's coming out a little bit after this, and that is uh, Bellacore's like, right-hand man, Eternus, the Blade of the First Prince. And I honestly think... This is one of the best models that Games Workshop have done. Imagine like a chaotic version of the classic Green Knight. Mm. He's got his, he's on, um, he's got like the steeds that the Varangard have got, I forget what they're called. Big evil demon horse rearing up. He's on the back of it with back banners and his massive like demonic axe. He looks amazing. Obviously I've got, a bellicor painted up and i'm going to do a big core of chaos legionnaires as part of the army so this guy seems like a no-brainer to me yeah i mean i think the narrative behind him is he was actually a varangard of archeon's sort of like legion and then he turns against archeon and bellicor takes an interest in him and yeah. basically after he dies bellicor resurrects him and i think he's got a special rule in the game where after he dies, if you roll, I think it's an eight at the beginning of any other turn or whatever, he can come back alive on the board. So, so, yeah. So this guy was was, was destroyed with Divine Lightning, but then Bellicor brings him back, and he essentially gains the ability of the Stormcast Eternals to reforge himself. At the end of the movement phase, you roll 2d6 and add one if Bellicor's on the table. So you're talking, on average, eight if Bellicor's on the table, on an 8+, plus, he goes anywhere on the table, more than 9 inches away from enemy units, with all his wounds uh, you know, fully healed up. So Mental. basically, you can just be hyper-aggressive with him. If Bellacore's around, on average, 
this guy's coming back every single turn. Yeah, it, the chaos you could do with this model is, yeah. I mean, when I sort of looked at this and looked at Bellacore, I was like, this has got a Throne of Schools army written all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between... Uh, yeah, even if you if you benched Bellacore and had him maybe leading one of Bellacore's armies out into the wilds or something. Between this army box, the new general on horse, and the new demon prince, and of course the Warhammer TV sorcerer, I really want to save the Darkness army. You really want to save the Darkness army? <laughs> that doesn't sound like you, Dave. It's it's um it's definitely going to be um well I'm gonna I'm gonna hang fire until. I don't get. I won't be getting my sorceress, uh, sorcerer mini- uh, miniature until my 12 months because I'm paying monthly for my Warhammer TV sub. So I'm gonna try and keep. I mean, goodness knows what we're gonna see before then. Um, but if, if well, I can you know, keep you know what next... we've got before then, Dave. We've got the um, the um, Dust, uh, Dawnbringer Crusades. Yeah, we do, we do. But um, we'll see when my sorcerer comes next Christmas. Maybe that's when I turn to the slaves. Now, question, chaps. Who's the best Primarch? Perturabo, obviously. The Lion. Sanguinius. You're all wrong. It is, of course, <laughs> Horus. The Horus Heresy was named after him. And he's got a really cool model already. But you'll notice that in the, 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 the Liber Hereticus volume, there's actually two profiles for Horus. There's Horus as he was, just off the back of the Ulanor Crusade, looking very regal and heroic. And... As much of a Horus fanboy as I am, he, he he's not looking the best by the end of the heresy, is he? He's kind of bloated and corrupted with the chaos energy. Abaddon's even turning his nose up at him because he's become a bit of a monster. And there's a profile in the book for Horus Ascended, clocking in at a cool 1,000 points. This is Horus fully juiced up with all the chaos mojo in the world. And Forge World are releasing a model for Horus in his ascended form and he just looks incredible the the designers have done some really cool things on this so where there's some more kind of like regal imperial looking symbols they've all gone by now what is just like edging on his armor has now got little kind of claws and spikes and chaos star motifs that are slowly like corrupting into his armor um, he's got a wolf on his back in his kind of original form, but by the time he's ascended, that wolf started rotting and corrupting and, and not looking very nice and probably smells a little bit by now. And uh, Will Breaker, his mate, is more kind of brutal and weighty. And yeah, I am in love with this model. They they did say on the um, on the stream that this is going to be the first in a series of um, prime arcs as of the time of the Siege of Terror, which is really exciting. Obviously, some of the Primarchs go through like, demonic <laughs> transformation by then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like imagine even even like Rogue or Dawn, who obviously doesn't have any physical changes, but I can imagine them doing a very different model depicting Dawn at the time of the Siege compared to his current model. I would love to see Dawn with the broadsword and shield from Saturnine when he fights Fulgrim. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really good. Cool. You know, that'd be a good like diorama one as well. They've done a few Primarchs that face off against each other. Yeah. Um I would also um 
I would really like to see, um, and I'm uh, just biased here, but I would like to see Sanguinius. There's some really cool, I think if you go on the Warhammer community website, or I think it's on the social media somewhere, it's not a spoiler, but there's some nice artwork that's come out with Echoes of Eternity of Sanguinius. And there's there's um, a really nice picture of him, a black and white picture of him, where um, he's got a, um, a spear through his wings, and he's um, being oh. sort of, um, there's all like um, thralls and um, legion sort of um, attendants around him, repairing his armour as best they can. He looks battered. He's got this spear through his. I'd like to see, a, like you say, they've been fighting the siege and, you know, they're under equipped. They're against all the odds. They've not had any reinforcements. It would be really cool to see a more battered rather than the sort of noble, sort of bright sort of Primarchs we see currently. Yeah, I mean, I suspect we might see new models for, all of the Primarchs. We've got Jugati Khan, obviously, on his jet bike. Yes. Um, you know, uh, a lot of them have... Uh, some, some, a lot of the initial ones are very statuesque and regal, and this is how they were during the Great Crusade, and they've seen some stuff, man, in the last 20 years, whatever it is, of the of the, the, the Horus Heresy. Um, obviously, at this point in the storyline, we know who Horus is fighting here the emperor himself so i i want to see the emperor mm-hmm. facing off against horus that we obviously the the element that we're missing is the dead sanguineous base but you know <laughs> you can't win them all like. to be fair as long as he's not wearing a robe in this uh, diorama i'll be happy if he comes <laughs> out and he's wearing a robe you guys will never never let me hear the end of it no no um, no absolutely so, not so what do we think? Yay or nay to, to more Primark models? Obviously, they're expensive models, but I think what's nice about the Primark models is, as well as gaming pieces, they're really nice, like, painting and display pieces, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. I, I don't think that's any bad thing, having more Primarchs. It's a resin model, is it, Matt? The it's a resin ascended. model, yeah. It's a resin yeah. model. Now, obviously, the smallest game you can use this model in is 4,000 points. So it's not your, your everyday kind of model, but for a kind of a showpiece, if you're a Sons of Horus player, or even just a Horus Heresy fan, I think this is one that a lot of people will be picking up to paint. What I also like about the, the studio model, the, the original model they did in tones of black, but they've actually gone to greens on this one, which surprised me. It's kind of like touching back to his um, kind of original armor color, color, isn't it? So, yeah, it's a really cool. Uh, I don't know when he's out, but I need him in my life. I think they said that he's out next year. So a little while away, but uh, I want him. Something else that is out on the horizon, but we've seen some little snippets of, are the Corn Berserkers. So at Nova, they showed off the full Corn Berserker kit with all the various models you can build from it. And um, Andy, I think I'll defer to you on this one again. Did someone say Blood for the Blood God? Someone oh. did say Blood for the Blood God. Scores for the school throw. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've seen little snippets of them, haven't we, um, in like Warhammer community sort of articles and i think they showed a uh, an individual corn berserker off at the previous preview um but yeah this is the first time we actually got to see like a full squad of them and it's super cool because they they've they've taken that sort of like regular chaos space marine look and then turned it into corn berserkers you know you've got your helmets which are very much you know berserker sort of looking helmets um, you've got unhelmeted versions, which all come with like butcher's nails into the head, yeah. which was insane amount of detail into that. Like I, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, 
oh my days, like every single champion in my World Eaters army is going to be unhelmeted just so I can show off the butcher's nails. Like absolutely amazing. And then one of the things that they've um, sort of adapted, it looks like since their 30k days, is like one of the arms has like a, an almost like a gladiatorial armor plate rather than a standard armored sort of gauntlet all the way down and it's sort of like a bear looking arm to represent you know their sort of gladiatorial fighting days you know but in many ways it's kind of like they're not afraid to to bleed and not afraid to to lose their arm are they because let's face it corn doesn't care what where for blunt flows as long as it flows yeah, so, I mean, like, combat in power armor is probably quite awkward. All the servos and stuff in your arm. So if you just remove that arm armor and basically fight bare arm, it's going to be easier, isn't it? You'll definitely not get your arm chopped off. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely not. I mean, even if you do, you've got the other one, haven't you? So, exactly. you know, I mean, when I looked at these, I was just, wow. I, I, I generally cannot wait to get some of these models in my hand, spray them my fist on red. And then just crack out some blood for the blood god. And I mean, I bought um, as soon as they were announced, I bought myself a pack of um, the Warhammer Skull set, um, just because I'm going to be throwing a load of these over sort of like bases and vehicles and all this sort of stuff when they when they come out. And yeah, just looking at them. I mean, I looked at the axes and I was just like, where's the blood for blood god? Mine's going to have blood for blood god. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not all the corn fun that we got as well, though, uh, because they've shown off some sculpts of some of the parts. Now, some of them were from the, the, the Berserker kits, but there's been some interesting bits. So there's some parts that look like they come from a mutilator kit. Now, obviously, we saw new plastic obliterators in the Start Collecting Chaos sets, um, and there's a notable absence of mutilators from the Chaos Space Marine Codex. Now, if any Chaos Space Marine Legion was going to have giant, demonic, demon-engine-fused Space Marines with massive chain axes for arms, it'd be the World Eaters, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we saw Mutilators, what, uh, was it 6th, 7th edition Chaos Space Marines? But they were fine cast, and they were separated from the Obliterators. And I, I can't help but wonder... If they did that intentionally back then, so that one day they, they could release them as a separate kit specifically for all World Eaters. I mean, like you said, why would you take obliterators and a World Eaters army with guns when you can take mutilators with chain fists and power fists and power axes? You Teeth know? coming out so, of their chests, which is always worrying. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely getting some blood for blood god on it, I can tell you now. <laughs> it is. And again, with all the kind of butcher's nails and, and, and piping and stuff coming out of the heads, they also show off a few what looks like Terminator-sized chain axes and some cataphracty Terminator plates means we're definitely getting some form of um, corn Terminator. And again, if I was a betting man, it wouldn't surprise me if we get them in a kill team box as well. As a, as a Terminator corn kill team. Because let's face it, you can put the sprue of five in the box, but have like a kill team of three of them mm. and give them a range of different weapons, which makes them different operatives you can take in a game of kill team. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, w- the chain axe is very world eaters, isn't it? It's very gladiatorial. Very, it really does fit them. 
But when you think about all the different sort of melee weapons you've got, you know, you've got lightning claws, you've got power fists, you've got chain fists. There's quite a lot they could do with a Chaos World Eater Terminator kit. And Kill mm. Team is definitely one of those good places that you could, like you said, have each operative with different melee weapons. And I yeah. think that would be super cool. Yeah, now obviously we don't know this for sure. We don't know when these are out. The the, the schedule says winter, 22 to 23. I'm going to guess Astra Militarum, December, um, because I think we know that the Slaves of Darkness come in December, and then maybe have the World Eaters as the new army coming out in January 23. But that's not to say they don't have a precursor army box maybe come out in December. Um, and you know, there's a lot of army boxes kicking around. Maybe instead of the kind of bundle boxes that we tend to get, maybe we get the Slaves of Darkness, the World Eaters, and Astra Militarum all get army boxes at December. Mm. That that'd be um, that'd be really cool. I, I'd be quite surprised if they did that many in one month, but I, I wouldn't put it past GW. Well, we know at, the at least two of them are coming in one month. True, true, very true. So yeah, so exciting times. Um, yeah. Any any anything else that I've missed that anyone wants to shout out about for the Nova reveals? I can't think of anything other than uh, I need some more blood for blood guard paint. <laughs> I think it was a relatively cheap one for me. Um, I do like the leagues. You know, I do like the the big gargan. Uh, the the berserkers are cool, but potentially the cheapest preview for me. <laughs> It was definitely yeah. the opposite for me. <laughs> same here, same here. Like every 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 reveal I wanted to see. Now, obviously, this is probably the majority of the releases this year. Um, we haven't seen all the Astra Militarum stuff yet, so that's something exciting coming. And again, we haven't seen the detail of the the World Eater stuff, but certainly in the next three months, we've got some super exciting stuff on the way. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, do, I think we, uh, I think we are all going to be building, painting lots of Warhammer before Christmas, um, and goodness knows what next year is going to bring. We're not quite done with this week's episode because we do have returning after a, after a podcast off. It's our top three, so we'll be right back with that. It is time for this week's top three. And for this week's top three, we're going to be talking about our favourite Middle Earth miniatures. This is hot on the heels of the brand new box, the Battle for Osgiliath and all the battle hosts um, that have uh, that are up for pre-order right now, in fact. Um, so, yeah, let's let's delve straight in. And I'm actually going to start us off this week with my uh, top three. Now, I actually, guys, I've been studying this quite hard because... I can't make up my mind if I want to get involved in Middle Earth. The, my, my, my heart says I do, um, and I, I think I might have to pick up the Fellowship very, very soon. Um, so it was quite hard picking three miniatures, but I, I've done my best. My third choice is actually a miniature that is currently not available, and it's kind of been replaced in plastic. Um I really like the original Metal Pippin from the Heroes of the West box. Um, uh. So this is um, Pippin after he's um, taken the oath of becoming a, a guard of the Fountain Court. Um, he's got his helm on, he's like charging forwards. The new plastic one is cool, but I preferred that old metal one. Um, if I was to delve back in, I'd have to keep my eye on eBay for one of those, I think. Um, but we do, do we all know the Pippin I'm talking about? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Such a cool I, I, mini. I bought the um was it Heroes of the West box? Yeah. Way back in the day with all yeah. the different heroes. I loved the uh, Gandalf the White model from that range as well. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Um my I have a joint second favourite actually, and um, because I, I couldn't decide um three, I could only decide on on four. <laughs> my second in, in joint second place. I'm going to go for Gimli, the plastic Gimli from the Free Hunters box, and Aragorn from the Black Gate, um, which was an old, older, I think he's still in metal, uh, I think. Uh, oh, no, he might be in resin now, actually. Um, Aragorn the King especially looks really cool in that, po- in that pose, like with his sword sort of back over his head. Um, the mounted version is cool as well, but I think I really like that one on foot. Um, I, I can't wait until they do an Aragorn the King in plastic, which they'll do eventually, I'm sure. Um, it, it, again, that's something I'll probably end up having to pick up. Um, and then the Free Hunters box, I thought all the sculpts in there were ace, um, but Gimli in particular uh, was a favourite of mine and uh, definitely something I'd like to, to paint at some point. Um, but leading the charge in top position has to be Faramir from the new battle for Oscillia <clears throat> uh, with him leaping over the masonry. An amazing model. I, I actually quite like the fa- the original Faramir, the ranger. Not so much. I didn't like the armoured version, but the new Faramir uh, as a ranger is absolutely awesome. Um, and it'd be one of the first ones I'd paint if I picked up that new starter box. A uh, really, really nice model. Um, let's go to Matt next. What, what's what's your top three, Matt? So my top three. We was hard. There's lots of cool Middle Earth models, but um, my number three choice was the Lord of the Nazgul, the plastic mm. Witch King of Angmar. It's such a cool model. It's we we got sent one by Borcom to to paint up, and I was surprised at how many options there are on this model you can build him with his like crown you can build him with just like his cowl over his head you've got a choice of weapons on there obviously like with all the middle earth models you get one mounted on on foot as well such a cool model i'd I'd like to see like a generic ring wraith one as well so that with the two plastic kits you could do the nine yeah that'd be really cool um, obviously, at the minute you've got to pick up the the metal ones for the the other ring wraiths, but um, yeah, it's such a cool model. And um, Andy, we can talk about this, can't we? You've got this as part of the um, Mordor box, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's absolutely breathtaking. I mean, he's very quick and easy to build, which is what I found with a lot of the newer plastic Middle Earth character kits. Um, I mean the the amount of options on there as well. Um, I've I've built him with the crown because I want him to stand out. I want him to be very recognisable as the Witch King. But yeah, you cannot you can build him without the crown, so he kind of does look like a normal ring wraith. But yeah, I think if you're gonna have multiples, yeah, you probably want to buy the, the the metal ones, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's such a cool model. Um, and incidentally, if you're gonna buy it and you're doing a Mordor army, I think it's like forty quid. I want to say for that um 
that box that you did the right upon Andy and it's like 25 quid just for the um the witch king so like for an extra 15 or so quid you get um yeah a load of goodies as well um so that's cool my number two choice is a bit of a niche one uh, you can only get it at warhammer world and this is the ring bearers so this is um bilbo frodo sam and um Isildur, Isildur, yes. Cast in clear resin to make it look like they're wearing the one ring. <laughs> which is so cool. I've, I've quote marks painted these models. And by painted, I meant paint some bases and stick these on top of the You've bases. You've done such a great job on this model. I really <laughs> like how you paint like invisible They're really cloaks. good, aren't they? So, um, so yeah, if, if you are a bit of a Middle-earth nerd, and if you play an army with any of those in it, you probably do want a way of representing when they've got the ring on as well. So head down to Warhammer World and pick up those clear ring bearers because they're really cool. Uh, number one, look, I like dragons. There could only ever be one model at the top of my uh, my top three, and that is Smaug. I uh. would love to pick up this model. Unfortunately, the price has risen an awful lot since it came out. Um, it was like. 270 then 295 and i think it's like 340 now so it is a lot of dollar but it is a big old dragon and i'd love to paint one up uh, with the airbrush so yeah smaug is my number one middle earth model great choice great choice andy what would be your top three models uh so my top three models are all models that i own and are in various stages of being painted. Two of them are fully built and fully painted. And the other one is built in sub-assemblies and primed. But my third choice has to be the King of the Dead. So for me, this this is such an... I, from, it, it's so well sculpted, I can barely get my words out. Because it's the King of the Dead in the pose where he's raising his sword above his head and he's about to clash swords with Aragon in Return of the King, and then find out that the the blade, the flame of arrest, and and Jural, I think the sword's called, if my memory serves right, flame of arrest, has been reforged, and you know it it can block the King of the Dead, and the King of the Dead realizes who Aragon is, and the model was done so well to that pose, and. Because he's the king of the dead, he's ethereal. He's very quick and easy to paint as well. He's so good. Like w- when I bought the Battle of Pelennor Field box set, I wanted a quick and easy army, sort of like to to get into the game. And the army of the dead is is that army. Like they're so quick and easy. And when they brought out the king of the dead and his heralds in a plastic kit, I was like, yeah, okay, buy that. And it wasn't until I built it but i realized just how gorgeous that king of the dead model really is and again he goes together really well like so so nice um so he's my third choice now my second choice is a very nostalgic choice for me because i got into middle earth as as sort of like a gateway into the games workshop hobby and I think I was about 11 and the first kit I ever bought was a ballista of metal Urukai berserkers. And these guys, even today, like, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a shame about the fine cast because the swords get a bit 
you know, they're, they're quite thin. Um, but the Urukai Berserkers, you know, these guys are, are terrifying in the two towers. You know, they bring down the deeping wall. You know, they they are so devoted to Saruman that they were just willing to throw themselves into the fray. And then when you see them using them as shock troops, you know, they're the first ones up the ladders onto the wall, but clearing elves are right, left, right, and center. They're terrifying. And and looking at them in the game, especially when I was sort of like 11 and I was getting into a hobby and I was, I was sort of collecting them, they're terrifying. Like, you know, they were Courage 7 back in the day or Courage 8, I think they were, so they could never fail a Courage test. And, you know, even now in today, in, in, in the modern game, they're, they're scary on the tabletop. Like, you, you, you know, you, you do, you got to be careful when you're fighting them because they can take on captains and, and those sort of like level characters. And they're dead quick and easy to paint, <laughs> which for me is, is always a bonus. So that, that's my sort of like nostalgic choice with the Urukai Berserkers. And then my first choice has to be a model that has come out this year. And when it came out, I was just like blown away because I, I didn't think they would do this sort of model for Middle Earth. And that's the Dragon Emperor on his palaquin. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, he is just insane. Like, the the model itself is it comes in quite a lot of bits like, i'm not gonna lie I've, I've built it and it's all in sub assemblies and i've i've primed it all with fist and red and and yeah i just need to find some time in the busy painting schedule to get it painted but yeah just looking at him he's so imposing so commanding that you know it it makes me want to by some more Easterling warriors, just so he is literally in the centre of this mass horde of armoured warriors. Mm. And the fact that he's surrounded by some black dragons as well is, you know, <laughs> you don't want to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was my first choice. I didn't, wasn't expecting a model like this for the Middle Earth range. I don't know what it was, but it did take me by surprise. But yeah, superb kit, that one. Really, really nice. Um, that just leaves one member of the team left to reveal their top three, and that is you, Jay. So what's your top three? Oh, yeah, there's so many cool models, isn't there, for Lord of the Rings? Some of the ones you've mentioned there. The Gimli one, Dave. The Free Hunters nearly went on my list, because I think that's a brilliant um, plastic kit as well. Um, yeah. All three models are really cool. And I have the, I've got the Free Hunters, and I've even got the metal ones from um, the, the, at Helm's Deep. The Gimli mm. Legolas and I have gone from Helm's Deep as well, because I, I really like those models too. But I think the Lord of the Rings models as a whole have come along, and the Middle Earth ones in general, have come along such a long way. Like, I, my number three choice is Aomer, Marshal of the Riddermark. When mm. this model came out, I was blown away by how cool it was. I especially mm. like the one on foot where he's holding his helmet. Um, and I think, if I remember right, let me check. You, yes, you can give him the helmet, so he's got the sword and shield. Just looking on the website now as well. Um, yeah, they're really nicely designed with loads of multiple parts, aren't they? Yeah, yeah he's he's really... single characters that you're only going to build one of as well. It's like, oh, which version do I build? Yeah, it is, that was the same kit where people noticed that you could actually build it with two helmets, one with him wearing it and holding it, <laughs> just in case like, you need to bring it <laughs> <Yeah>. to <that>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, so he's my um, third choice. Um, my second choice is um, Treebeard, the Treebeard kit. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I, 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 
I'd love an army event. I, I just worry that an army event might be a bit one-dimensional to play with. This, you know, it's basically a couple of big trees walking around. But as a model, I think this one's great. And again, Matt, like you mentioned, the multiple ways of building it. You've got him with the rock, you know, lobbing the rock. You can have uh, Merry and Pippin sort of perched on his on his back or on foot throwing rocks as well. Um, lots of sort of um, uh, variety in this in this kit. Um, so that's my second choice. Uh, my first choice, oh man, it was so hard to come up with first choice. I, I could have about ten first choices from the the um, the, the 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 Prince, the Swan Knights, of Dol Amroth. I, I love those models. Yeah. Um, there's loads of the Rivendell range that I like. The uh, is it Eladan and Ella here, the twins. I think they're great on foot and mounted. Um, the new Glorfindel model, I think, is superb. Um, but I have to say, the more and more I look at it, the more and more I think that the new Elrond um, set is just superb. Um, that on horse, on foot, with the Elf Standard Bearer. I think I actually prefer this Elrond model to Glorfindel. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's up for pre-order now as well, isn't it? Plastic Elrond. It's, yeah. I might have to pick one up, and I'm not an Elf fan. <laughs> I, I um, was looking at the Rivendell elves and I was looking at out El- because so does Elrond lead the Rivendell elves? It You've does, got lots it? of choices. Gil Gil Glad is like the High King, but obviously he dies, so it depends. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, you've got um, Elrond, Glorfindel. There's loads of El heroes. Arwen, Lindar, and then you've got the um. Uh, you know, your regular elf captains and stuff. So you've got lots of choice, really, in a Rivendell army. What's nice with the yeah, Elrond set, the, the banner bearer as well, which is always handy in Middle-earth. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Um, we've all covered some fantastic choices. It'd be interesting to see what the community have chosen for their top three, which is coming up next. It is time for the final segment of this week's episode. It is time to reveal the community top three choices. Just the one over on Facebook this week. Sean has gone for a typical Rohan rider, Aomer and Bjorn. Of course, yeah, Bjorn, that's that's an amazing model as well. Um, Matt, do we have some over on Twitter? Yeah, so Sombermine says Gimli from the Three Hunters, the Iron Hills Chariot, and Glorfindel, Lord of the West. Sprulus says the Metal, Witch King on Fellbeast. Bring it back as made to order, you cowards, he aggressively <laughs> says. Uh, it was really cool. Well, I had this. Um, yeah, I really like it. I, I'd love to see this as a made to order, actually, because it does have a different profile to the plastic one. Mm. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, Lehman Puss says Dane on his war pig, Grim Bjorn, and Thorin Oakenshield and Company. Yeah. Anonymous Rex says the Mordor troll, Gothmog on his warg, and a winged Nazgul. Baal the dwarf king says the newest witch king, Dane, and the archer Osgiliath Vetrim. Uh, Pete Planky Jabroni says Boromir from the Fellowship of the Ring set, Gandalf on cart, and Grima Wormtongue. I love painting him when he was first released. Martin King, says the Dragon Emperor of Ruin, Hurin the Tall, and Glorfindel. And Nevermore, says the Witch King of Angmar, Smaug, 
and the new tree beard. Yeah, there's lots of core models there. Lots of core models. Very hard one to choose. Um, Matt leads me to, Matt, that leads me to ask the question, what is next week's top three? Well, next week something will have happened that's not happened within an age of this world and, and plastic space dwarfs will be available to pre-order. So I want to know your top three squats slash space dwarves slash leagues of votan models past and present and future excellent you can get your choices in via our social media channels we will be putting out a post over on facebook and our twitter account um sort of the sunday monday before we record so you can simply reply to that and let us know um what you've gone for um well, that's that's the the end of episode two oh one. Uh, we're well and truly on the way to episode three hundred, guys. <laughs> <laughs> only uh, only a few more episodes to go. Uh, thanks to everybody for your continued support, and we'll be back again next week with some more hobby goodness. Until then, have a great week of hobby, and we'll speak to you all very, again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Bruce podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews. Wibbly wobbly!